Father, thank you for this time, this beautiful day, the beautiful weather, uh, the women in this room, how they um, will undoubtedly bless one another with their fellowship and uh, with their words. And I ask that you be with each of the panelists this evening, um, calm any nerves that they might be feeling, give them the, uh, the clarity and the wisdom to be able to answer these questions, which are hard, deep questions um, as they dig into their past and talk about what you have done for them. I ask that you just um, overwhelm them with your peace and with your joy and, and allow their, their stories to encourage those of us who are just a little bit behind them. Uh, we thank you so much for this time, and we love you. And uh, we don't take this night for granted. In your precious name, amen. Welcome, everyone. A number of years ago, um, Eugene Peterson wrote a wonderful book about the Psalms, and he entitled it, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Interestingly, he took that expression from the writings of the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. And Eugene Peterson used that because it's such an appropriate description of the Christian life, of discipleship through all the stages and ages of life. So um, he realized that, and he was, in this book, he talked about how the Christian life, following Christ, is not a sprint, it's, it's a marathon. But what does that look like, that long obedience in the same direction, what does that look like in the life of a person. We wanted to explore that question tonight. And so we've got these four very dear ladies who have agreed to come. These are ladies who are walking in faithful obedience to the Lord. And they have come and agreed to open up their lives and let you look inside and get a glimpse of what God has done, what he's doing, um, to give you um, a view down the road further than you are. So I want to welcome each of these, and, and before we start into the questions, we're actually having each one of them to just introduce themselves to you and let you know a little bit about who they are. So thank you all for being here, ladies. And let's start with Meg. Can you grab that mic right behind you and just let our sweet 20s and 30s ladies know who you are? Every time I hold one of these, I want to do, do like this, you know, how like the singers do, like that. <laughs> so I'm just going to do that for a second, just <laughs> because I don't sing and I can do it for a second. Yeah. Anyway, just playing. Um, my name is Meg Estes, and I am originally from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I am married to Pete, and we have been here in Atlanta for... Um, 18 years now, and um, that's kind of blows my circuits a little bit because mm -hmm. I was a young married when we moved here, and um, now I am, you know, middle aged. So um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Enjoy it while you're here. <laughs> um, we have two sons. Um, Scott is 12 years old and he's in the sixth grade and we have Alex who is nine and he is a um, third grader um, and um, we have been at Apostles for about 15 years now um, so that 
Yeah, that was another one where I texted Pete this afternoon and I said, have we been at Apostles for 15 years? And I mean, we both were, again, kind of like, yes, 15 years. So anyway, um, that's kind of my story. I'm a stay-at-home mom mostly, but I do, da- I studied horticulture in school, and so I kind of dabble in landscaping um, on the side. So if you'd seen me this morning, um, I looked that part um, <laughs> this morning with my work gloves and my clippers, but that's kind of what I do um, on the side. So, you want to hold? Oh, Robin does get to hold it like that. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. I guess I do. That is funny. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, I'm Robin Giles, and uh, I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio where it gets nice and cold in the winter. Um, In the 90s, the early 90s, I moved to New York, and I lived there for 13 years, um, and I loved it, and I'm missing a cab and the food. (laughs) Um, And I moved here uh, back in, uh, I think, 2005. I moved here to Georgia. Um, And I will admit I was reluctant um, because I just, it was, it's hot here. <laughs> it gets really hot. So, um, but I, um, I'm single. And uh, when I was in my 20s, I thought my last name was going to be Kennedy, but that didn't work out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm single. And um, I started coming here to Apostles actually last year. And I will say, I wish I had come, a, I had come a lot sooner. Um, a friend had recommended the church. 10 years ago. Um, I couldn't find 75 because I'm directionally challenged. (laughs) So um, I didn't even want to take a chance trying to figure out where the church was. And so finally I braved uh, the road, left about an hour and a half earlier, um, and I found it. And when I found it, I just fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I am on the worship team. I sing and I speak and, and I'm very grateful um, for the honor and privilege of being here with you guys here tonight. Thank you. I'm not the experienced singer there, Robin, but we're really glad you found this church. (laughs) Oh, there we go. (laughs) My name is Cindy Cox, and I grew up in Pennsylvania, but we moved here in 1977, so I feel like a Southerner, and I think it's a great honor when people mistake me for being a Southern woman. But I've been married for 40 years. Isn't that a long time? I remember talking to my boss's wife when I was a newlywed, and she'd been married 15 years. And I thought, oh, my word, that's a long time. (laughs) So we've been married 40 years. We have four adult children. And some of you know some of our children. You know Chip. So you know how to pray for me. (laughs) And so we have two daughters and two sons and five grandchildren. And they all, the past two years, have lived within three miles of us. So I feel very blessed. When rearing them, I told them that they all needed to live next door to me unless they were missionaries. (laughs) And God gave me the desire of my heart. And just, I've really loved these two years. And I'm glad to be here and get to see so many familiar faces. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Joe Fuller, 
and I am delighted to be here. I'm delighted to look out over all you beautiful young women and have the opportunity to share with you. Um, I guess I'm the one that Dr. Youssef refers to when he says you're in the fourth quarter of life. So um, that, that would be me representing the, the fourth in, uh, quarter. Um, I was married for 37 years, and um, I have been a widow for 14. Um, the Lord took my husband home um, after a fairly lengthy uh, illness. Uh, I have two children. I have a, a daughter who is married, lives in Hiram, Georgia, and I have one fabulous, fabulous granddaughter and uh, who is truly a gift from God. And uh, I have a son. He, uh, unfortunately, is disabled. He lives with me. And I'll tell you a little bit more about him as we go, go through the evening, but uh, he's, he's part of my, my testimony. Um, I um, have not been a Christian all my life. I did not come to know the Lord until I was in my 30s. So when I look out over these faces, listed Emily talking about mission trips that she had been on, and I think how blessed you are to have known the Lord for, you know, such a long time in your life. Um, the Lord is with you to make all those hard life decisions, and uh, when you turn, you know, to Him for, for guidance and I wished I had had that, but uh, Lord takes you where you, you start with him from and, and, and blesses you nonetheless. So that's just a little brief intro of myself. Very good. Thank you. Okay, we're going to start back with Meg now. Meg, we want you to describe the season of life in which you find yourself and just tell us a little bit about what God's doing with you, his faithfulness in this season, and any other things you want to share. We, she told us we had about five minutes on this, so y'all kind of do this, because <laughs> I'm a talker. Um, I, when um, Susan sent this, and it said, what season of life are you in, I wrote down, smack dab in the middle, I hope, because <laughs> I will be 42 in June, and so... I um, I wrote some things down, but I'm just going to, you know, answer this mostly from my heart in hopes that the Holy Spirit will speak through and talk to you about what He wants you to hear from my life that He's done. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, got to college, met my husband, we had the children, and um, I would say that I was, you know, rocking on along and pretty feeling pretty good about what was being accomplished and on track um and when about uh four and a half years ago in the fall of 2012 um i went to a bible study um on the book of colossians and it was done in conjunction with a book called jesus plus nothing equals everything and kind of out of the blue, the Lord just really got a hold of me in that Bible study. And um, he did some real deep down, what I call in Joel um, 2.13 calls, rending your heart. And he, um, 
he showed me the things that I had idolized, really unbeknownst to myself, and put as my security and in place of him. And he showed me that I really did not understand true joy yet, even though I thought I had in these things. And um, he showed me that um, life with him, loving him fully and completely above everything else, is that joy. And um, I, um, I want to read this email that I sent to my husband and my mom. Um, be- because honestly, before that time, um, I would tell you that I loved the Lord most, but when things were wrong... I would go to my husband and my mom first. Um, And at the point where I wrote this, um, it became God first. And um, I wrote, this is what I wrote. God is so good. This was back on December 18th, 2012. I believe he has brought me full circle this morning as the year is coming to a close of what he has been teaching me this fall. Spurgeon writes in his devotional, Look Unto Me, Rend your heart, not your garments, Joel 2.13. Spurgeon writes, Rending of the heart, on the other hand, is a divine work of God and is deeply felt. It is a secret hidden grief that is personally experienced, not merely in form and ritual, but as a soul-moving work of the Holy Spirit on the inmost heart of a true believer. It is not something simply to be discussed or something we simply acknowledge mentally, but something that is strongly and deeply felt in every loving child of God. It is powerfully humbling and completely sin-purging. Yet it sweetly prepares the soul for gifts of God's grace that proud, unyielding spirits are completely unable to receive. It is also distinctly discriminating, for it belongs solely to the elect of God and to them alone. And I wrote, I thank him for the work he has begun in my heart this year as I strive to live my remaining days for him and him alone. And I thank you for walking this path with me. And I think what happened at that point was I realized that statistically I was about halfway through my life, you know, hopefully. And um, I realized that to that point I had lived on my own agenda, my own time, my own will. And um, it just was not the joy and satisfaction that I longed for. And so for about the past four and a half years, I have done this to God. And I have said, I love you most. I love you more than I love Pete. I love you more than I love Scott and Alex. I love you more than I love my mom and dad. And really mean it. And um, so, since that time, he has started to do some amazing, wonderful, subtle, and some you know, I can't believe I'm a part of this things. So I'll share some of that with y'all um, in the next go around. Thank you. Amen. Um, well, <clears throat> I had a, I thought this was a really hard question. Mm-hmm. And um, 
but I what I what I felt um, as I was even as I was walking in the house today, if you would ask me what is this what season of life I'm in right now, I would call it um, I would call it a place of quiet rest. Um, I I'm going to try to be I'm going to try to stay within the the time limit. Um, I grew up from the time I was 11 years old um, in a in an abusive home situation, physically abused, and so I left home when I was 11, and um, ended up in a detention center, and then I ended up um, at a foster home, and I came to Christ when I was 14 years old, and. Um, this year, I celebrated a birthday. You'll guess how old I am. I'm not going to tell you. Just guess. So, so I got saved when I was 14. And I said, Lord, uh, I've been in Christ for 40 years. And I, when I look back over my life, I realize um, that young girl, you know, in my teens, even after I became a Christian, I still had some issues, some emotional issues, struggling with the rejection of my mom and, and you know, just all the things that go with that and just trying to fit in in this new home, this new neighborhood. And um, even a time where I became the prodigal and I was away from the Lord for four years. But when I look back, my 20s, serving the Lord and the challenges that I faced, and there have been many. I, I used to feel like I was a poster child for hard times because there was just always something, you know, it was whether it was physical or financial or emotional or friendship situation or rejection or, you know, something. Um, I mean, even in the church, you, you get wounded sometimes, you know. And I remember one time just wondering, God, when is it ever going to end? Am I ever going to get a break? You know, and there were times when I was expecting the Lord to come through in certain situations. I wanted Him to deliver me. Okay, God, I need you to fix this, you know. And there were times when I had to walk through some very difficult times. He didn't fix it, but He walked through those situations with me. And there were times when it seemed like God wasn't hearing me, He wasn't answering my prayers, but all the time He was. And I didn't realize it at that time. There were times I would freak out when things would happen. And I'd get so nervous. And, oh, I need this. And I need this to happen. And I'd get so nervous and so upset. But when I look back now, over the years, the Word of God is always true. From Genesis to Revelation, God's Word is true. And this is what He was teaching me. And sometimes, you may be in a difficult time right now. Sometimes the only way you can learn who God is in certain situations, where you, how you can learn whether He's a provider, whether He loves you, whether He's the deliverer, whether He's there, whether His Word is true. Sometimes you have to go through something difficult so you can really know God was there. And, and, and a lot of times we look back and then we realize it. And so when I look back on my life, and it hasn't been easy, I don't want any challenges. I'm facing one right now. I don't want the challenge. But what I know for sure and what God has been teaching me from 14 years old until now is that he is faithful, that he can be trusted, that his word is is true no matter what I say, no matter what I see, no matter what anybody else says, God is faithful and you can trust Him. He loves us, He loves us so much we can't even imagine. And sometimes we're asking for things, there are things I prayed for and I didn't get, and I'm so thankful I didn't. And so when it doesn't seem like you're going in the, you want to go there and God is saying, you know, maybe, maybe the promise, God promised something and it's right there. And you say, well, Lord, it's right there. But he takes you over there. 
and then you go over here and you go there way and you and you sit and nothing happens and 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 it's not even a detour that was the plan all along <laughs> sometimes we have to wait and sometimes he takes a long time to do things but what i know for sure is there is a place of quiet rest in jesus christ he is a faithful god you can trust him no matter what amen Amen. Got this one. Mm, what a testimony. Thank you. And I'd like to just echo God's faithfulness. I can't sing Great Is Thy Faithfulness without singing, without crying, because I just look, it causes me to look back on the stages of my life and see where God has been faithful. And season of life is, for me spiritually, is just one of still growing. I became a Christian as a little girl, and I just still look and think, I have so much to learn yet, and so many things I ought to be um, learning about God, and so it's a still growing time. But this question was fun to just, sweet to look back and see God's faithfulness. And Robin, like you, I think that God's faithfulness is especially proven in time, uh, in hard times, in difficult moments. That's when we learn about who our God is. And I wish that that weren't always the case, but that in my life has been the case. And in looking back through some of the, my life experiences, those times when I thought God was calling me to sacrifice, I look at those and realize He was, he was calling to bless me. And I thought I was sacrificing something, but looking back I realize, oh, that was just sweet blessing God was giving me. I'll give you a couple little stories about it. Um, my major in college was not what I wanted to major in at all. And but I felt really clear that God had directed me there. And so that's what I majored in. And, you know, looking back, that was the major that I should have had. But it wasn't what I thought. And I thought I was sacrificing, but it was God blessing me. One time I was interviewing for a job that I really wanted. And God closed the door and told me to stop the interview process. And so I thought I was sacrificing. But God was looking back on it, I can see God was using that to bless me, because that would have been a direction that I, would, I, shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have gone. Um, when we homeschooled our children, and I did not want to homeschool our children. <laughs> My oldest, I homeschooled her for kindergarten, and I either got dinner on the table or I taught her something. The, that, both of those things did not happen in the same day. <laughs> So when it came to first grade, I was not interested in homeschooling. <laughs> and God just was really clear to me that we were supposed to be homeschooling. And I went kicking and screaming again. Sacrificing is what I thought he was calling me to. And I'm so grateful for that, for what he called us to, because our family is different for that. I'm not somebody that thinks that that, that is the only way to educate, but it was what God was calling me to. One year, the year that we started homeschooling, I also needed major surgery and my husband took a job that was a 40% cut in pay. That was a tough year, and I do look at that as being a turning point. Those were all steps of faith for us. That my plan, my plan was, we're going to get these kids in school, I'm going to get a job so we can earn money to, to educate them. And that obviously was not God's plan. And what we were doing was not plan B. It was plan A. Because God made a way for our children to still be educated. So looking back on turning points in my life that I thought were sacrifice were just God's way of blessing our family. And with that goes a little bit of a theme of ministry that I'm involved with now. I'm involved with a lot of teenagers. 
and God is just so very faithful to walk with me through that. You know, sometimes God works with us through our strengths and allows our strengths to minister. Well, that's not the case with me and teenagers. <laughs> he he showed me, Roland and I, um, when we first got out of college, we taught the junior high Sunday school class at our church. And it was a disaster. <laughs> there were kids sitting around the room that while we were teaching, they were shooting spit wads. <laughs> And we got nothing communicated to those kids. And we both left that class thinking, oh, this is just a summer program. We're really glad we're out of here. And we will never work with teenagers again. (laughs) And now I volunteer almost full-time with teenagers. Mm -hmm. And God is just so faithful to show me, I am working through you, Cindy. This is obviously not you. (laughs) And he faithfully allows us to join his work. He works through what we think are our weaknesses, and He works through what we think of our sacrifices to bless us. So whatever decisions you all are working on with Jesus right now, I know that years down the road, you'll see how He's using those moments of sacrifice to bless you. Thank you, Cindy. That was wonderful. I'm going to go back a little bit. As I said earlier, I did not come to know the Lord until I was in my 30s. I was raised in the Roman Catholic faith, so I knew a whole lot about religion. I went to a Catholic school for 12 years, and so that was, um, had a lot of head knowledge about who God was, but everything was kind of filtered through the doctrines of the church and so forth. So through the, the, kindness of the Holy Spirit and, and a, a faithful neighbor who brought me to the Lord when I was in my 30s, um, I just came to know that I could have a personal relationship with my Savior. It wasn't about religion. It was about knowing Him as my personal Savior. And one of the things that I learned about salvation was it's, it's not just about where am I going to spend eternity and um, it's about day-to-day living with the Lord and, and seeking His will and His way in your life. So I'm kind of a late bloomer, but I thank the Lord for, you know, the gift of His faithfulness and, and bringing me along. I ha- As I said, I was married for 37 years. I had a, a great career. My kids got a little older. I went to work full-time. Uh, at Delta Airlines and and worked there for 22 years and um, had a great career. But even though I knew the Lord then, as I got further and further into my career and it became more and more a part of who I was, um, the Lord kind of got pushed on the back shelf and I put myself on the pedestal of my life. And it was what I wanted and and what I thought I should pursue that uh, that drove me. It was um, a good while, several years before um, actually my daughter sat me down one day and said, "Mom, you know you're not really living your life for the Lord." She she was and I wasn't, and so I got on my knees and I and I begged the Lord to, you know, to forgive me for um, putting myself first and, and, and not always seeking His will in my life. And um, He started laying on my, on my heart, 
you need to make some changes in your life. Mm-hmm. Having a great career is nice, but it's not not everything. And so he took me out of that corporate environment where I had a really good job. I had a really nice office, you know, and I ended up in a kind of a lowly little job in a little five-by-six cubicle that you had to turn sideways to get in to sit down. And so be careful what you pray for. When you pray for humility, the Lord was, is, is sure to deliver, you know. But he placed me at, uh, I went to work at First Baptist Church down in Jonesboro, Georgia. And um, he placed me in exactly where I needed to be. And he surrounded me with just the right people that I needed because our God is a big God. He sees the big picture. We have a tendency to want to try to put him in a little box and and, uh, make him way, way, way too small. But he knew what what was coming, and he knew what I was going to need. And I'll share more with you, but... Going to work here at First Baptist down in Jonesboro, he placed me in an environment that when my husband got cancer, I was right where I needed to be. He suffered through horrific treatments and so forth. Had I still been in that corporate environment where you were restricted on, you know, when you had to be at work and when you could leave, it just would have just been uh, made the ordeal even even more difficult but he knew that this was coming this is where i needed to be this is where how he was going to bless me this was how he was going to sustain us both and it was through the love and and the care of our our savior but also through the people of that church that they brought my help bring my husband to a knowledge of the lord before he passed so um, God is just so faithful. I mean, I think we're all saying the same thing. He is so faithful if we just take the time to, to listen to that small voice that uh, he, will, he will whisper in your ear. And uh, so that's kind of more to come. <laughs> Share a little more with you later. Okay, Robin, I'm going to start oh, with you this time. Oh. What is the greatest joy and the greatest challenge you're facing um, well, my greatest joy is what I'm doing now. Um, being here, I, I love my heart's desire and my passion is to encourage um, the body of Christ, especially to serve God with all that they have. And um, and so I I'm I'm just so amazed that I get to do this I get to do this here tonight and and there are opportunities that I get to to share with other women and and I get to to minister um, on Sundays and sing and it, there's just something wonderful about being able to exercise your gifts so God makes room for our gifts so I'm I'm just really pumped about about the the doors that God opens it just really blows my mind. Um, so that's right now. That's my greatest joy is being able to serve and uh, and exercise my gifts. Um, my greatest challenge, um, and I hear my my spiritual dad in my ear right now saying, "Stay focused." That is my greatest challenge because there's so many things that I want to do 
Mm-hmm. And um, especially in ministry, there's so many things. And, you know, I want to do this. I want to go here. I want to serve there. And um, even in that, I mean, just like you, if you think about in the workplace, you, you really you choose a, f- a field that you're going to you area you're going to work in or in school where you're going to study and so for me the greatest challenge is really staying focused and um and then not being being uh discouraged or impatient um when things don't work out the way that I would hope they work out you know ministry wise if if the doors don't open up the way that I would expect um that is a challenge for me staying focused and um, and sticking to the task, not you know, getting weary if like like I said, if things don't really work out the way that you expect. Sometimes things just take time, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to wait and and just be still and and trust the Lord. So um, pray for me, <laughs> pray for me for focus. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I uh, I'm wondering how many of you all relate to Robin's greatest challenge. Because that's my greatest challenge as well. I, I've worded it a little bit differently, but I, I thought I thought maybe that would be where you all are. The way I worded it is to have the discipline and the wisdom to use the resources God gives me well. Mm, yes. And I thought that was a challenge when I was in my 20s. And sorry, ladies, it doesn't go away. <laughs> but I think it's what God uses to keep us on our knees, mm. to keep us focused on Him. He gives us limited resources. So what are our resources? My resources of energy and skills and time and money and how shall I use them? I tell my husband that I want to get to heaven sliding into home plate. <laughs> and it's not because I can play baseball <laughs> or I'm, I'm even coordinated, but I do love adventure. <laughs> But, you know, my kids, when they were swimming and they would be doing competitive swimming, we would tell them, leave it all in the pool. Get out of that pool exhausted. Use all your resources that you have. And that's how I want to get to heaven, using all the resources God's given me well for the kingdom. And so that takes a lot of work and a lot of prayer and a lot of time and discipline that I don't always have. But that's my greatest challenge, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. My greatest joy is getting to see God at work in other people's lives. And sometimes He allows me to join that work and be a part of His work. You know, He doesn't need me, but sometimes He allows me to be part of that work. What a joy it is to see other people growing in their walk with the Lord. And that's just when He allows me to be a part of that, that's such joy. I think the as Cindy has just said, the greatest joy in my life is is the the journey that I have been on with the Lord, and how faithful He is, and and how good He has been to me over the years. Um, there's some things that that I wanted to share with y'all. I'm not sure when's the appropriate time, so I'm just going to let the Lord. I may go over, so forgive me if I do, but. I kind of stopped my story before when telling you that the Lord had brought me to um, First Baptist Church and that my husband had passed away uh, after a couple of years of lengthy illness. After after that, I actually moved back to Atlanta and moved into the house that I grew up in. So for these ladies that have come from out of the city and out of the state, I've never gotten 
you know too very far from home uh, in all these years but um god in his wisdom and 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 just he knew what was coming in my life and 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 I've, and what i was going to need i moved in with my dad um we had one wonderful year, not quite a year, together before he passed away and went home to be with the Lord. It was a great, great time. So I tried to sell my house. I was going to move, get closer to my daughter, my granddaughter. Uh, and uh, it was about the time the market fell and nobody was selling anything. It was on the market, and I think the only people that came to look at the house were the neighbors that wanted to see what you had in your house, you know. <laughs> so um, it was, it just didn't work. It was not going to work. I was, was unable to sell the house. So I thought, well, if I can't move, I'll, I'll just do some renovations. So in December of that year, we just I had somebody come in, and they just started tearing walls down and, and renovating the house. And it was not... Three weeks after all that renovation that my son attempted suicide, he shot himself in the head, and I found him, and a mother's heart would just just broke, but God kept me in that house, and he knew what my son and I both were going to need. Um, I became a 24-7 caregiver for several years. Um, I had to quit my job, but God in his mercy, you know, allowed my son to live and to get better. He uh, was in the hospital for months he was in rehab for years, and it was just a life that we lived one day at a time. But God was always, always, always there. When you thought, I can't take another step, he helped you take that next step and that next one and that next one. He was so incredibly faithful. Times when I just didn't think I could make it another day, I did because he was so faithful. And as an, just an added blessing, here I've got a house that's all torn up. I was in my bedroom and the bathroom, and that was it. There was one day I came home, and I didn't even have a back door. They had just put a piece of wood over the door. You know? and, but I was able to do a handicapped bathroom. I was able to make wide doors for a wheelchair, you know, all the things that my son ultimately, because they came and they said, he either goes in a nursing home or you take him home. But God provided. And the timing of finishing up things and him getting out of rehab and everything just fell into place because God is so good. And he knew what both of us needed. So when we talk about challenges, you know, that day-to-day -day is hasn't, I mean, he's gotten so much better. I can leave him. He, he does so much for himself now. But he will always be disabled. The life that he had is gone. But God allows me to be a witness to my son each and every day of how much God loves him. No matter how difficult your life is, 
God's there with you, and he'll walk you through each and every day. And so my greatest joy is just knowing that I have a Savior who loves us both. And my challenge is being ever faithful to him and ever grateful for everything that he's done in my life and everything he does in my son's life. So I probably got off track, but anyway. The beauty of this is that it's kind of a, it just continues to be a full circle thing because, you know, you come here thinking, I'm coming to share about what it is to be a 40-something-year-old, and I'm sitting here just hanging on each of their seasons and their stories. That is the beauty of being a part of the body of Christ. That's how it works. This is how it's supposed to look. This is what he intended till he comes for us. I just, it never ceases to amaze me when I'm with sisters in Christ. It doesn't matter what season. Um, so I uh, got to this second half of my life and I said, Lord, I, um, I want to live, I want to be passionate for you. Um, I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be timid in my faith. Um, I want to realize that non-believers have everything to gain and we have nothing to lose by living this way. You know what I mean? And there are a lot, I, I spent the first half of my life being a pretty lukewarm Christian, you know, and um, I said, I've decided enough of that. So wherever God places me, um, in a day-to-day situation, um, sometimes I'm going to be prompted to speak and sometimes I'm not, but I want to be ready, willing, and able to be, to say what he needs me to say, to speak into a situation. And I'm going to be real honest, girls, y'all are in a generation, I'm just one step ahead of you. We're getting to a place where things are becoming really divided. The light in the dark is becoming very just much more apparent you know what I mean um and so I I say that not to be doom and gloom but we have to know who we are and we have to know whose we are and we have to live that way out there you know what I mean so um I felt him really putting that on my heart when he was like okay this is how we're going to live now Meg and so I answered this question that my greatest joy and what I feel like he has called me to is relationship, primarily with him and then with others for him. And so um, I put a couple of bullets here that I just, there's so much that he's teaching me that I want to pass on to y'all, but I'm just going to hit a few highlights I cannot impress upon you the importance of giving him the first fruits of your time. I did not do do that. I knew it. I grew up in a church um, where I understood that it was important to um, spend daily devotionals. I probably got a new one every Christmas from my parents, you know, wanting that for me. But at 38... I started spending time at the leading of my husband, spending time with the Lord in the first part of the day. You know, I'm talking like when it's dark, like Jesus, 
getting up when it's dark. And I started, it took me two years reading through the Bible from front to back. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, I, I don't, I'm not a reader. And so this was a really big challenge. I hadn't read since, you know, um, we had two in, in in high school and college that, you know, um, Silas Marner or whatever, you know, I mean, y- y- these that we were forced to read. And so I cannot express to you how reading through the Bible from front to back um, and giving him the first fruits of that day and praying, truly just praying with him and talking to him and letting him speak to me through his word just set that relationship in most in motion um the other thing i wanted to to impress upon you is that i started to really understand the reality the power and the presence of the holy spirit i think that i just i grew up in a bible believing church but we did not fully embrace that the holy spirit is the part of god that walks with us here in this mortal life. Um, And he, that is the power that raised our Savior from the dead last week, this past week that we just celebrated. And he lives with each individual one of us, each one of us in this room, in our day-to-day life. And he gives us everything we need to accomplish the things that only we can do for him. Um, and, and, and each one of these ladies up here is talking about experiences that they could only do for God. We could not step in and fill that in for each other. Um, and so um, the second thing was um, in relationship is just Bible study with seasoned women of the body. And when I think about this, I think about all different types of women. I do a Thursday morning Bible study here at church with Charlotte Travis that I just adore. And so I have women, um, Vicki and Susan have been in there. And so I'm getting poured into, and then we, you know, you pour it into younger women. Um, I have, um, was able to be a part of Cross Current, which is a, um, a ministry here at our church for people who have suffered brokenness in their relationships. And a lot of the people who are coming are younger than me, who are probably around y'all's age, and who have already experienced tremendous hurt and brokenness from their childhood and from early relationships. And so it's just, again, this beautiful picture of taking that and then pouring that on, praying over them, um, asking the Holy Spirit to come and do His healing work in those lives. Um, So just this constant relationship and then just serving Him. He allows us to partner with with Him in kingdom building. And it's an amazing thing. And this is the beauty is you don't have to go out and orchestrate serving Him. He well, right where you are, for instance, I have one of our sons, um, our neighbors went through a terribly painful divorce. And um, that son has just kind of grown up with us. Well, he's kind of become our third son. Um, I'd had a lot of guilt about not having more kids. Well, God's like, I can take care of that. We'll just bring some more tea. Um, and so, so I, we, I've got, you know, Christian that comes and is a, a big part of our lives. Um, I've got a young lady who is, um, 
um, that I just kind of, it, it'd be a long story that I could make really long, that I got plugged into who is a, um, uh, a single mom of four um, who never got her driver's license. And she just got her driver's license on Tuesday. And the Lord allowed me to be a part of that and for her to come on Thursdays to Charlotte study and, and introduce her to other women who then pour into her. I mean, it's just this huge, beautiful picture, y'all, that... Um, that God allows us to be um, to be a part of. I'm helping out with the fifth grade girls Sunday school class, so I didn't get to have my own girls. Um, and I hope somebody is going to want to marry my boys someday. It's not looking good right now. But the point is, is that like he gives me, I get to partner with a gal that I met in an adult Bible study last year, and she and I are tag teaming on this fifth grade girls Bible study, and we're doing abiding in Jesus, which is the study I did with Charlotte last year. I mean, it blew in my Thursday Bible study. Does that make sense? It blows my circuits when I think about how God's like, you want to be a part of this? Let's go. You know what I mean? When you give him a heart that says, I love you most. I'm here. I'm here. If you want me on the benches, that's fine. If you want me out, that's fine. I'm ready. It, It really it just it's amazing you just stand back and watch and so those are that's my greatest joy my greatest challenge honestly um as I went back to where at a a dividing time I think in our society in particular um not living in fear in this world um loving others especially those who are going a different path and are following their flesh or what the world's telling them is okay to do genuinely loving them and it says Jesus looked at them with compassion my constant prayer is Lord help me to look at them with compassion like you do because that is the only way I can purely love them for him Um, and then also not controlling the outcome for those under my care, those who he's put under my care to shepherd, even just for a time. The outcome of that is not up to me. What Crystal's going to do with that driver's license, I don't know. What my own sons are going to become, I don't know. I don't have to control it. I just plant and tend and pass on. Um, in the um, in the continuum of ministry, does that make sense? And of the body and what he's called me to. So, anyway, I think I was like ten minutes on that. But. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go with Cindy to share with us um, a passage or a scripture verse or whatever God's particularly impressing on you at this particular time in your life. So, if it's okay, I'm going to move to the just something a little bit different and then move to that okay i i just want to tell you all because i've gotten to spend time with you all in bible studies and you've been in our home and i hope that you'll continue to come to our house even though chip's moving away and have parties even when i'm not there which has happened quite a few times i met somebody here recently and she said oh i know you i thought hmm i'm not sure oh yeah i was at your house and i wasn't there so i um she hosted a party at my house when i wasn't so i hope that y'all will still come I hope y'all will still come. And I want to share a verse with you about how you've encouraged me. And this is my prayer for you. Philippians is my favorite book of the Bible. And it's not 
the theme is joy, and it's not because I have joy, it's because I want God's joy that I just keep coming back to Philippians. And it says, this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. I see you all living that. I see you all being the body of Christ in ways that some of us adults are not. Because you love each other. You care for each other where you are. You encourage each other to the next step. You live in each other's lives in ways that you're such an example to me of the way I want to live. Thank you. Thank you for being that example. So while we're up here, shared our lives, I thank you for the way you've shared your life with me and how you love Jesus and you love each other. And you're a real example of that. So my verse that I'd love to share with you is Philippians 1.6. And it is, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. This is a verse that has meant a lot to me since I was your age. And there's a takeaway that I will tell you that I told our children growing up, and now they preach back to me. And it is, God equips you to do what he calls you to do. Our God gave us the most precious gift ever given, his son. He's not going to now just leave us. He's, this verse says he continues to work in us until the day we get to heaven. What a promise that is, that he is continuing to work in me. He's continuing to work in you. And he equips me to do what he calls me to do. That is encouragement to me. It is a rebuke to me sometimes when I'm not living that. But the first step is for us, remember my challenge of what I'm going to do with my resources and some, for some of you, the first step is making sure that I don't volunteer for what he didn't call me to do. And I think that we in our American society often think that we need to because we're supposed to stay busy and that gives us significance. Or maybe we have the wrong idea of if I do this, maybe he'll love me more and to be able to rest in the knowledge that there's nothing I can do to make him love me more. There's nothing I can do to make him love me less. And to make sure that what I volunteer to do, what I take on, he's called me to. Because if I take it on and it was somebody else's, I've just taken their blessing. So that's my first step, is to make sure that I volunteer for what he's called me to. And then to act in obedience, that He's a great manager. I don't know if you all have had good bosses or bad bosses over your life, but a good boss equips you to do what he's for, to be successful. And it doesn't mean that you won't have failures along the way, but the good boss is going to walk with you. He's a good manager. God's walking with us, equipping us, and equipping us to walk in obedience, equipping us to walk in joy equipping us to do what he's called us to do. And that verse has been an encouragement to me for a lot of years, and I leave it with you hoping that that will be an encouragement to you. He's equipping you to do just what he's called you to do in a beautiful way that no one else will do as well because he's called you to it. When I ask about... uh a scripture verse. I have a favorite. If you ever came to my house, you'll see it kind of all over the place in my home. Uh, it Psalm uh, forty six ten. Be still and know that I am God. Um, we live in a 
very, very busy world. And we live in a world where it's almost obligatory to, to be doing something all the time. I loved what Meg said about the lesson she learned about starting the day with the Lord. Just realizing who he is, how what an awesome God he is, and, and just how big he is. And we need, in our busy, busy world, to take time to be with him, to be still, and to reflect on just how sovereign he is and, and, and how important he should be in each and every one of our lives. Um, I said earlier, I, I just look out at all these beautiful young young faces, and, and I'm just so grateful, like Cindy was saying, you know, that y'all have such uh, a bond with each other, a bond that's that's sealed by Christ, and and just a desire to, to serve and honor Him. And uh, I hope that continues for each and every one of you, all the days of your life. You are really... An example, as as was said earlier, the world is getting darker out there. I'm sitting here looking out the window, and I can see lights in the darkness coming down the expressway, and I think that's the way y'all are. Y'all are light in a dark world. Don't be afraid. God is so faithful. No matter what he calls you to do, be faithful. You'll never, ever, ever regret it. I thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. I was nervous about it, but again, he's faithful. So, I, and it, it has just been my honor to be a, a little part of your life tonight. So, thank you so much. I appreciate it. The two verses that um, I was going to share with y'all are they they're they're going to kind of seem random, but I just believe that it's a call to where we are. Um, and honestly, as the one kind of on this bookend um, and coming ahead of y'all, um, we have big shoes to fill as our generation step up and lead um, the body of Christ until he hopefully comes again soon. Matthew twenty four twelve. Um, so I left y'all with my greatest challenge is just to not be fearful and to love in this time. Matthew twenty four twelve says, because of the increase of wick- wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And then hopping over to Luke eighteen, I'm going to read verses one and then hop over to verse eight. And he, Jesus, told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And my prayer is that my King will find faith in me when he returns. Amen. Amen. I love that. Um, There were so many verses um, that came to mind, but the one that um, I've been meditating on probably for the past three or four years is found in Luke. It's the first chapter, and it's the 45th verse. And I'm going to read it to you from the New Living Translation. And it says... You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. 
And um, if you remember that story, it's it's right before that is when <clears throat> the angel of the Lord visits Mary and has this wonderful news about this Christ child that she's going to give birth to. And, you know, what? had it been me, I would have said, okay, well, Lord, wait a minute. I'm engaged. We planned maybe have kids, maybe two, three years. Don't know how we're going to do this. But she received this news with great joy. And I'm sure there were questions in her mind. And I, when I think about that, I think about the time when I felt this impression that the Lord told me many years ago that I'd be singing and that I'd be speaking. And I remember saying, I don't do that, Lord. I don't do that. So I didn't receive that with joy. <laughs> but God had a plan. Um, sometimes the Lord will present something. There will be an intimation in your heart and God will be, he'll be showing you something, something that he's planning to do. And sometimes it doesn't look like us at all. I don't, how in the world? I'm not even, I don't even have that experience. I don't even do that. Where in the world did that come from? But God is preparing you. For something, and maybe some of you already know, God has been just speaking to your heart about a certain direction that you're going. And I want to encourage you, and you have to keep praying this thing through, but receive it with joy. If it's from the Lord, receive it with joy and believe God, believe Him, because He will bring those things to pass. He is faithful. I, I am reminded again about my. Um, quiet place of rest. And and that's how you get those moments, just trusting the Lord. He knows what he's doing. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous and trust the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, ladies. This has been really um, helpful to me, and I pray that to you as well, that you've been encouraged and challenged and um, that your faith has been strengthened through this. I'm going to ask Buddy to put the, there's one other slide. All of my life, in every season, you are still God. I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to worship. And we are sitting here testifying of that. And we're sharing with you that God is good and that he is faithful and he's going to be there for you and whatever and through all the good times and all the hard times. Um, if the ladies, if, if any of you are able to stay a little longer, there may be somebody that you'd like to come up and just talk to, share with, or ask questions. We want to, um, if, if y'all are able to stay a little while. If not, we understand, but... Um, uh, we just thank you for sharing, open up your life and sharing with us. It's been a blessing. So let's just pray, and then you're welcome to stay a while and visit or, or come up and, and um, chat with some of the panelists. Um, and you have a gift there that you're to take with you um, to remind you to grow in grace and to bloom where you're planted and all those good things. So um, let's just stop now and thank the Lord. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this time together. We thank you for giving us sisters in Christ. I, I think of these ladies as like the facets of a diamond, and each one of them is, is shining forth in beauty and putting them all together. We have more of a picture of who you are, God, because of the way they reflect you and the way they show forth um, your goodness and the way they sing your praises and the way they talk of your faithfulness. So ask blessings on them and their families. Um, ask blessings on their ministries, on the things that you've called them to do, on the way that they're faithfully fulfilling that. Um, I pray for each 
person here in the room in whatever stage they're going through, whatever um, circumstances they're going through, I just ask God that um, they would pursue you with all their heart and they would find you faithful, even as we've had these testimonies tonight. So thank you, Lord. Just dismiss us with your peace. Um, May we follow hard after you. May you give us um, the joy of being conformed into the image of Christ. And we know that that will be for your glory and it will be to our great joy. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.